This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Friend, relax. This is Top Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and let's start where we need to start. Podcast Mike and yeah. what he's wearing. Our regular series, yeah. What is Podcast Mike Wearing? Now, I need to point out for the record, Podcast Mike did say to me when I went on the call earlier, we were discussing a little philosophy business before you joined us, Charlie, and uh, mm. Podcast Mike s- s- said, I apologize. I've just been for a run. Because right. Podcast Mike is wearing. A singlet. I think this is the first time that uh, Podcast Mike has rocked a singlet on a recording of Tofop. And uh, didn't even know he had shoulders. It, this is this is the new Melbourne. This gives me hope for the world opening up post COVID. You know, everybody's looking for their signs of, you know, that dove that shows you that there is land nearby. For me, yeah, that beautiful white biblical dove is Podcast Mike's shoulders. The fact that I have yeah. seen his shoulders tonight makes me think that this whole country is going to be fucking open by Christmas. He is the groundhog that is summoned that COVID is over in Australia. <laughs> we did not have to have six more weeks of lockdown. The skin of his shoulders is as white as a dove's. Uh, it definitely signals the end of COVID. I think that's what I'd like to believe as well, Will. Um, one word comes to mind when I look at uh, podcast, Mike, and that's sexy. It's a sexy new look. Sexy new times for Melbourne and sexy new look for Podcast Mike. It's summer bod. It's, we, what we're seeing yeah. right now is Podcast Mike's summer look. We're, we're getting to see yeah. some of the summer collection, you know, and it's out yes. and about and it's proud and I like it. It's a change of seasons. In this year that where time has felt meaningless, I feel yeah. like we've had a beacon of the changing of seasons. Are you getting shredded for summer days? Podcast, Mike, is that what's going on? Has Daniel Andrews done such a great job that Summer Day, they're having like all the dance all the dance festivals are back at once. You're getting Summer Days, you're getting, uh, what are they? I don't even know. That's Summer Days, the only one I know. Summer Days, Stereosonic, uh, they're all happening at once. Wouldn't that be amazing? Because, you know, Dan Andrews, his uh, speeches about, you know, getting on the beers have been remixed mm. into dance tunes Never at festivals that. around the country. And this clip went around of everybody in Perth at like a rave hugging each other and just going off to Daniel Andrews' press conference. So what if Daniel Andrews realised that this has been like the thing that's been quite positive for his reputation during this time? Maybe he decides I, it's not enough to be Premier of Victoria anymore. I'm going to take this opportunity yeah to run to be Prime Minister of Australia. But the thing that is going to get these other states on board with Dan Andrews is I'm cutting through in the dance community. I'm getting young people back to the Labor Party through fucking raves because that's the best time for political messaging, if you think about it. Like, if you fill me full of ecstasy and get me, like, in a sweaty tent with half-naked people, I'm going to buy relentless pop propaganda. I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm just fucking digging this. Craftwork could have been doing lyrics from Mein Kampf and I would have been just been like, this is a fucking good gig. I fucking love you, man. So he just rebranded himself. He's no longer Chairman chairman Dan. He's Fat Boy Dan. Fat Boy Dan. And he actually starts, he wears his North Face. He's already got like a dance music <laughs> yeah. look. So he gets his North yeah. Face jacket and he starts like Disco Dan. He just starts <laughs> going to raves. Fat Boy Dan, like he does a collab with Jacinda Ardern because she was a DJ. And they just yeah, get... she's perfect. She no, no, she's she's the vocalist. She can sing over the top of his beats. All oh, right, yeah. So no, I no, I I think they both scratch, but she does the okay. vocals. That's like the new she does angle. vocals as well. So they just bring out like a set of decks, and it's Jacinda Ardern on one side, Chemical Brothers style, and like Fat yes. Boy Dan on the other side, and she's just got a microphone and she does some vocals. Yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all down with that. I'm yeah. down with that. Now, Will, um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but uh, looking at me on Skype, uh, it's happened again. It's bloody happened again. Uh, months after I told the story of going to the barber and getting a haircut I didn't want, it happened again. Um, clearly, 
I am the common denominator in this scenario. I, I, I don't know what I'm... I'm glad you did not need me to point that out because I felt like it was going to be bullying and victim <laughs> blaming, but clearly no, no. you are the... I, I had a real, like, I had a real moment of reflection where it was like, it's fucking happened again. And it's a terrifying reflection. <laughs> what is going on? Like, and okay, so this... Last time, I think we discovered, we discussed that it was just a misunderstanding. Clearly, the discussion around me raising the hairline above my ear confused her and she just went, no, too short on the side. So for those who've come in late, all I want to do is grow my hair out. All I'm trying to do is grow my hair out so I can look like the dad from the OC. I just want that long, sweeping kind of uh, Gia hair, <laughs> the hair that G is rocking from our other podcast. Uh, but... I just can't seem to communicate that to a barber. So I went in today. I've got, it's taken two, two and a half months, almost three months. I've grown it out. I go to the barber and these were my exact... Okay, firstly, no, okay, I've got some questions. I want set, I'll set the scene a little bit first. Okay, so I, I know that you're in a place you don't normally live, right? Yep. So how, how did you choose the barber is my first question. Did you just randomly walk into any old barber or did you get some sort of recommendation? It's a barber store, barber store, a barber shop that I'd been to before where I remembered getting a good haircut. And so okay. I went to the website, couldn't quite remember who the barber was, but this guy seemed to be the same guy. I wasn't sure. But I was just taking a punt, and he was available because uh, all a lot of uh, a lot of uh, places around here are, are booked out for everything, cafes, barbers. So you just take what you can get. So I was chancing my hand a little bit, but all I wanted was a haircut, and so I went in. The guy was seemed cool, had cool hair. He actually had the haircut I wanted. So mm. I sort of so what you needed to ask him was, "Hey mate, who cuts your hair?" <laughs> Because he's not cutting his own hair. If he had the haircut you wanted, you've got to find the source. You've got to go back and find out who cut his hair. That's who you actually want on your hair. His question to me was, what are we doing today? And I said, I'm growing my hair out. I just want to trim. This is a short haircut that's grown out. It's a bit all over the place. I just want to trim the sides. No clippers on the side, just scissors on the side. Trim it down. Keep it pretty much long on top and just neaten up the back. They were my instructions, Okay. Is there anything about that to you that's confusing? No, no. So far, I think you've laid out a pretty good game plan. I have a clear understanding of what you're trying to achieve. I might still have to give you some updates along the way, but in a general sense, I've given you a roadmap for what we should be doing. Right. And so just to press the point about the sides, because it really comes down to the sides of my head. I just I don't want this close cropped, like side, the sides I have right now. It's too close. I pointed to his, which are quite long, and swept back, and I said, like your hair. And he was like, yeah, man, cool, right? So <laughs> as far as I can tell, message received. You should go to Gary, because <laughs> Gary cuts my hair, and he's awesome. Now, the haircut begins, and it's a bit different to the last, to the last one, because the last girl who cut it, okay. I, tell, I could tell straight away, like she cut so deep straight away that I knew I was in trouble. But this guy was a little more finessey. So it was kind of yeah. uh, a little harder to tell. Like he did start, he just used the scissors and he was clipping around, but it was just harder, the way he was moving, it was harder to tell how much hair he was taking. But it all seemed to be going okay, right? Now this this was what happens next. And I'm not sure if this is in his defense or, or, or what, but so he gets sort of halfway through doing one side and my phone rings and it's Gemma and she's a bit frantic because I've just left her at a cafe and she's gone to pay for lunch, but she can't find her purse. And so she thinks she may have left it somewhere one of the previous stores we'd been to prior to getting to this cafe. So I say to the guy, hey, man, can we just pause? I've just got to go meet my wife, pay for her lunch, you know, just make sure she's cool. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So I go running out of this barber shop with like half a haircut, which for where I am is probably not that unusual, but it was like a full 80s mullet. So I had my long hair down the back, shaved on one side, jogging down the street to meet Jim at the cafe. Sort that out, pay, pay that bill, you know, talk to Gemma about where she's going next. She goes on a way to go locate the purse. So I go back. It takes about five minutes. By the time I get back, another dude has sat in my chair and I walk in the bar. He's like, mate, sorry, this won't take long. He's just getting a beard trim. It'll be two minutes. will be back with you. So I sit down, wait for this other guy to get finished, jump back in the chair. So then when he starts again, then I start to get worried because I'm like, oh, shit, it's actually, I hadn't really taken notice, but it's actually quite short on that side. But I can't stop him now because he has to even up that side. 
So I'm like, okay, all right. The sides are too short. It's not what I wanted, but at least the length on top. You know, that's what I'll keep that. I'll hang my hat on having the long hair on top. You know, the rest will grow back. It'll be fine. <laughs> so he then gets to the top of my head and he's like, he's like, are you okay with the sides? And I lie and I say, yep, great, awesome. And he's going, okay, so just a little bit off the... Ah, see, but this is you faking your orgasm. If you fake your orgasm, then the person thinks, oh, this thing gets this person off and therefore they readjust their expectations. You've faked your orgasm. You've gone, you're meant to say at that stage... The sides are a little tighter than I'd like, but, you know, let's keep the length on the top to balance it out. You're meant to reiterate. Because here's what I'm going to say. What's the point in reiterating? He can't do anything about it. It's not like I'm coming back to him. No, he can do something about it. He can (laughs) adjust the rest of the haircut accordingly. Slice into my flesh so the hair looks longer. Well, I mean, they can do some hairdresser tricks, but here's what I'm thinking now is that I reckon hairdressers must have it might be actually inbuilt into the way that they do their job and maybe some hairdressers can hit us up and let us know but it would actually be a bad thing to remember something from earlier and think it was about the person you were cutting their hair off so i think they're a bit like goldfish so the minute that you've walked away right like his brain has been etch-a-sketched of what your expectations are and you need to reiterate them because you can't be cutting someone's hair at 1 o'clock and giving them what the guy at 10 o'clock yeah. told you they wanted with their hair. You've got to be able to shake it out, start again. Yep. And in between, you've had Beard Boy yep. coming in for his like blade shave and that's been like a hairdresser buffer. Yeah. And this dude's just kind of forgotten what you try to achieve. Well, it's funny that you should say that because the whole time I was in the chair, like uh, part one and part two, he was getting hammered. Like, he was the only guy in the shop because of COVID, you know, um, they're not opening the store to walk-ins. But every couple of minutes, someone was walking, hey, can I get a shave? Hey, can I get a haircut? And he was like, I mean, he was dismissing him in that kind of cool way that cool... Like, he's a punk. Like, he was covered in tats and had, like, piercings and stuff. He was dismissing him in a way where he was giving him shit, but he was so cool about giving him shit that it, they couldn't respond. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, like some guy's like, hey, bro... Uh, could I get my hair cut? And he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, sorry, man, I'm, I'm getting slammed. I'm booked all day, uh, Thursday at the earliest. And the guy's like, oh, I just need it, you know, I just need that, uh, just a little trim down. And the guy's like, yeah, true, true. Can't help you, bro. Can't help you. I said no. On you. Yeah, but like was doing it in a way that was so kind of cool that I was like, oh, man, I wish... Look, I can't even be honest enough to tell this barber he's fucked my haircut up and he's dismissing dudes left, right and centre. Like with like That's why this guy has got the haircut you want. Yes. <laughs> because look at the way that he lives his life. Yeah, that's true. This is a man who knows how to set boundaries, make it clear, still be cool about it. And this is what you're not mastering there. Yeah, is right. that they want to help you get the haircut that you want. You need to come in a little bit stronger with saying, hey, here is what I want. This is what I want to look like. This is what I want to achieve today and let them then try to achieve it. Kind of like sex. I mean, that analogy is right. Like you're sort of saying, look, I need to get the orgasm, but there's a funny way for me to get there. So if you're cool with it, let me walk you through it. You know, we'll keep the romance. We'll make it fun for everyone. But can I just walk you through exactly what I want? Rather than me just faking it. And then (laughs) they're happier as well, right? Yeah. Because that person wants to please Mm. you. I got the feeling this dude was a kind of cool cat, kind of tat-covered piercing. He was a straight-edge dude. He made that clear to me from the very start. I don't know why. He assumed that I was some kind of junkie or something like that. I'm not saying you want your hair cut by this dude. I'm saying you need to be this Yeah, yeah, right. Like, if you were this dude, you wouldn't have him cutting your hair you would have gone to the guy who cuts his hair. Like this is literally, he's living his life a different way to your living your life. It's not that he he was the wrong hairdresser for you, but he was the right personality for you. You've got to take that into the salon. Well, I think to get back to what I was saying before, the fact that he was getting all these dudes coming up and like, oh, this guy is cutting, like a a basic haircut takes like, what, 20 minutes the most. So he's probably getting through three guys an hour over an eight or nine hour day. So he's cutting a lot of hair. Mm. I reckon... He's hearing, he's acting like he's hearing what I'm saying, but he's an autopilot. He's like the Terminator. He's sizing up my head and he's going, this is the haircut that I'll give this guy. Even though I've said I want it longer and stuff, he's like, no, no, box head here is getting short in the sides and a bit long on the top. Because when it gets to the, the, the top bit, which I'm, this is the bit I'm trying to save, I've lost the sides, I've given up on those, but I'm like, I still have the long hair on top. He does that thing where he says, I'm going to take off this much. And he shows me, right? And it's literally like, 
half a centimeter, like a tiny amount. He shows me, he's like, that's what I'm taking off. I'm like, yeah, cool. He starts cutting, more than a centimeter comes off. Like he actually, look how short my hair is on top now. Like that wasn't what he showed me. That was like false advertising. Well, here's the thing is every one of these situations, they seem to be diving in the deep end because here's the thing about hair. It's very hard to stick it back on, but it's not that hard to cut it shorter. Like, I think you've got to be, again, I have a simpler haircut maybe than you, right? No, I don't think you do. I think yours is more complicated than mine. I wanted a trim. But That's it's all not. I wanted, a trim. This is, this is, this is like, okay, I'm going to run you through okay. how, how, how I would handle this situation, right? All right. So I, I get my hair cut every couple of weeks while I do grooming, right? Yeah. And so I'll tell you how it goes down. The first, like, first week, I throw my I coffee like, in the assistant's face. <laughs> I have a proper haircut. I go in. And I say, this is what I would like. I would like my fade started at about a half. I don't even know what a fade like is. fade I'm, it up. What's a fade? But that just means, well, your fade's basically, you know how my hair is like short around like the bottom. Okay, right. And then it gets progressively like longer okay. as it goes up. I understand. It fades up into your hair, I get it. right? That's Makes your sense. fade. So at the moment, I have like a two-level fade. I have like, like a short one-half sort of thing and then like it gets... Yeah, a bit thicker, and then like I have longer hair on the top. Really, it's just three stages, Charlie, and it's an evolution yep. ever upwards. And so, basically, all I say to them is, I just want my, my fade started at a half, so you can't see my birthmark at the back of my head, and then um, fade it up, and then like just do the dead ends on the top and thin out the top. So, right? so sorry, just slow, slow down, stop. You're using a bunch of terminology. I don't even like. I've never even heard this. This clearly, this is the issue. Fades, dead ends. I don't even know what any of this means. Like, obviously, I'm going in like some rube and say, duh, like, I want a haircut. And they're just going, this fucking idiot, I'll get him out in five minutes. I'll, this will be the easiest money I'll ever make. This guy's like 41 years old and he does not know any hairdressing terms. He's not picked up one simple term like fade. Like, I tried to give him some gel. He started throwing his own poo at me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> And then every second week, I just do my fade. So literally, like once a month, you create the, the shape, like the and then you maintain the shape. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, I think yeah, the because problem... the sides, which is my issue, like, but I like my sides to be short. Right, I've got the opposite issue to you. Like, I might like my because the minute the sides of my head grow out, I just have this weird round head. It changes the complete. Like I could go for a jog like every fucking day. I couldn't with my hips, but like in this hypothetical scenario, like I could go on a diet plan for three months and not lose as much weight as I lose by just getting my fade done every two weeks. Well, I have the same issue with the sides of my head. Like I call them my koala ears because for some reason the hair on the side of my head grows faster than everywhere else. So I get very, gets very boxy, get very wedge head very quickly. So I was trying to, I wanted to just get that swept back look, that kind of Gia, long hair, swept back kind of movie, old style, old style yeah. movie star look. But I can't seem to communicate it. But I was saying to Jim, like, maybe it's because I'm going to like barbershops. Like maybe these guys, yeah. maybe I need to go to a hairdresser or a stylist or something like yeah. that. Maybe I need to spend a bit more money. So exactly. If that's what you want, you can't be going into like, I can go to a barber because I have a barbershop haircut. But you want like a distinguished gentleman's haircut. Yeah. And I don't think the distinguished gentlemen are going to like these barbers that you're going to. You need to like, yeah, maybe you need a hairdresser. But the guy like had the, like he had good hair. <laughs> I mean, do you think he's not going to a barber? Like not, he's not knocking off work and getting one of the other barbers to cut his hair? Yeah, but uh, well, I don't know. You, you, you ask him. There's one person who could clear this up. You storm back in there. And you say, he goes, good to meet you for the first time. You're like, it's not. It's the third fucking time. He's like, I'm a goldfish. I don't remember anything. Anyway, um, he, he says, you say to him, who cut your hair? Find that out. Investigate that. Does he go to a barber or does he go to it? Like, does he have a hairdresser? All stuck all around the barbershop, all those cool vintage like 1950s rockabilly right. hairstyles. Well, too much. It's too much. What do you mean? Well, that's that's like somebody who's wearing a Ramones t-shirt that they bought at Jeans West. Like, you're trying too hard. It's like the vintage car shop that has pictures of vintage cars everywhere. You don't want to go to that one. You want to go to some 
like you know mechanic who just specializes in working on vintage cars three haircuts ago so i've had the two barbers they've been the last ones but prior to that Gemma said i'll oh, come to my salon the lady there is amazing she'll cut your hair and yeah. she even fucked it up like i'm just i'm the problem i don't know i don't know maybe i need to like learn the terms maybe i need to just like go out for a coffee with a hairdresser or a makeup artist or something and just say look i want to get this haircut i want to look like the dad from the oc how do i get that haircut can you tell me like give me the three things i need to say when i go in there like give me fade and bloody split ends or whatever you, you were saying dead ends tell me what i need to say to them to get this haircut charlie you have friends who are hairdressers you have worked in professional like situations acting where you've worked with hairdressers and stylists and yep. people who specialize in this area i imagine that like by the end of this podcast you could come up with 10 names of people you could ask for advice in this all you need to do is go onto the internet find a picture of the dad from the oc <laughs> and send it to those 10 names and just say who can make me look like this you don't even have to put anything else in the email just like in the title of the email who can make me look like this and then cut and paste the dad from the oc i bet you will have a better result i remember like one of our friends in particular i remember years ago talking to him about wanting to grow my hair out and, and grow it quite long and asking him, oh, you know, I said, but there's that in-between period between a long haircut and a short haircut where it just gets, it just looks shit. And I was like, is there a way that you can cut it or something? So it just sort of lessens the impact of that, of that intermediary period. And he's like, no, no, he's, you've just got to commit to the long hair and you've got to put up with six months of shit yeah. looking hair. And, I was and like, you've got, and you've committed to just the awkward look in between. That's oh, your look at the moment. No, because you're trying for that other look, you keep getting stuck at the starter level. My look is just—it's just boring. Like, and I can see it in like Gemma's eyes and hear it in her voice. Like how disappointed she is when I come back from the barber because it's fine. Like I look like a cop. That's what I look like. I look like a total G-man cop. I don't. I don't. I don't look cool. I just, I look like a dork and I'm really annoyed. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it's, I understand. Here's what I will say. Do you want I to see it? Look, look, here we go. I'm taking my headphones off so I can do it properly. Right? Look, this is it. See, that's the side. That's the side. I'll turn around and show you the back. <laughs> I mean... Here's what I will say about it. Well, hang on, wait, wait. It's technically... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It's wait. technically... Oh. Wait. Sorry, my headphones just turned themselves off, so you can go again. Here's what I will say about it. What? It's technically a haircut. If you were putting out a book for aliens of what a haircut <laughs> is, they would have a picture of that haircut because it feels like they just cut every hair on your head. Like, as in just, they were like, a haircut is making sure that every hair just gets cut. And so it's just, it is... There's no the style to it. archetypal, plain... Yes. Like, standard issue. Yep. If they were making robot people and they were just like, we've got to give them vaguely human-looking hair, but we're not going to spend the entire budget on realistic-looking hair, that's your hair. If you were designing any pictograph that was to instruct people on how to perform any oh, task. Totally. And one of your pictographs, you needed to distinguish that it was a man and has this haircut. <laughs> that's what I look like. When you're in an aeroplane and they're yeah. going through the safety, that, that's this haircut. It's just nothing. Yeah, it's a well, nothing that's haircut. The, that's the problem. You've looked around his entire salon where there was all these cool rockabilly haircuts and you've pointed to the demonstration of the emergency exit <laughs> and he's gone, oh, right. Oh, well, oh, that guy, the pictograph. It's very popular actually. I mean, this is the kind of haircut, like Jem describes me when she first met me, because Jem was very much like an ex-goth rock and roll chick. And then she remembers meeting me at some party for the first time. And I was wearing, she, what was I wearing? She said I was wearing like, uh, like um, beige slacks and like a chambray shirt or some, just like the most private school dickish kind of outfit and her being like i will never be attracted to that man there is not nothing in my fiber my being will ever be attracted to that man and so it must be so crushing to her after 17 years to see me come back from the yeah. barber and i have not evolved at all she thought she maybe got me looking a bit cooler and, and i want to be cool well that's the sad part is i want to evolve i want my look to be cool but it just it just won't happen 
I think you're right because, of course, <laughs> of course, I was I was saying this. I was getting measured for a suit the other day for uh, work, and. The, you know, there's other people who have to like they have to make sure that the suit works on camera, and they're trying to you know choose the color and the design and all these sort of things. And I have like if it's some version of black or blue, I'll probably wear it, right? Like you know, it's other people's job to know what it is that I'm meant to wear on television. And they were saying to me, they were like, "Oh, which color do you prefer?" And I said, "I actually don't mind because I really don't look at me. Like you know, I put on the suit." But like the rest of the time, I'm looking at everybody else on the show. I've got the auto cue. Like I'm not. I'm never actually looking at myself. It's only other people who have to look at me, and that's what it's like for Gemma. Like in yeah. a way, you're not the real victim of this. She is the real victim of this because she has to look at you all the time. Imagine how demonstrably better. That's what you've got to do. You've got to take her back in tomorrow, and you've got to say to him, "Look at her face." Look at this beautiful, stylish woman, the mother of my child. Bring in, bring in Iona as well. Iona. Just to, to sell this entire thing. Look at her face. Look at the disappointment in her eyes. She was cool and I've dragged her into the middle. <laughs> so much so. She's so mediocre now because of me. I mean, imagine if any of her goth friends back in Edinburgh saw the dork hey. that she was married to. Like, she would never live it down. It's Well, you know what it'd be like? It'd be like that episode of... Uh, so I ended up watching the second season of The the Boys. And I did enjoy oh, yeah. it much more by the end of it. But there's that moment where Starlight and um, Old Mate... What, what's his name? Uh, the, Jack Quaid, the Dennis yeah, Quaid's the, son. The, is that well, who uh, that is? Um, w- uh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, w- we... What's his fucking name? The character? Huey. 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 Huey and Starlight. And yeah, so like, he's uh, Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son. I did not know that. He's great. I think he's really good in that show. And and the, the romance between him and Starlight is actually quite believable. They're, they're I really think. good together. Yeah. Yeah. And But there's that moment like when her mum is just so fucking disappointed that that's <laughs> the guy that she's chosen. I can imagine that's what Gemma's friends would be like. They'd be like... This guy? I mean, I guess if he makes you happy, but this guy? <laughs> well, we did actually have a version of that happen when we went back to Scotland a few years ago when I was doing Home and Away. And we went back to the bar she used to work at um, uh, uh, in Edinburgh. And, I mean, bizarrely, like a lot of those, her friends were still there. Like they were, you know, almost 20 years later, they're still like regulars at this pub. And so it was like we had a great catch-up and stuff, but you could sort of see, well, first of all, that her accent was throwing them because she had this, as far as they were concerned, she sounded like completely Australian, even though I still think she sounds kind of Scottish. They, to, to, to them, she sounded completely Australian. But to see her with me, you could because it was an old rock and roll dive bar we were at and we're drinking like 50 shilling beer, whatever it's called, that shitty Scottish beer and listening to rock and roll and smoking cigarettes and stuff. And they're looking at... And Jem looks relatively the same as when she did. She's maybe a bit more boho. She's not so rock and roll and gothy anymore. She's a bit more boho chic. But she looks cool. But I don't. <laughs> like, like in that bar, she could get away with being in that bar even though she was no longer rock and roll. But I couldn't because I was on Home and Away. I looked like the Home and Away dork. <laughs> and you could just sort of see that they were looking at her and looking at me and just and trying to work out how did this happen, especially... Yeah. knowing what she would have been like back then, you know what I mean? When she was much more rock and roll and much more goth. Like, what happened to you when you get to Australia? Do they brainwash you or something? Like, do they yeah, just take you mate. cool at the airport? You married a cop. You went to Australia yeah. and married a fucking cop. Who's the narc? That's what they said to you. Who's this yeah. narc? <laughs> when you're oh, talking man. before about um, not having an opinion on the stuff you wear... I'm pretty much the same. Although <laughs> I do remember the one time I put my foot down. Again, it was on Home and Away. Is when I just started on the show. And because the way that show moves, it's so quick from the moment they cast you and stuff. A lot of the development of your character 
sort of happens after the fact. It's not like they present you with this fully formed character and all this kind of stuff. Like you sort of find the character as you get into it. So, you know, the sense of humor and the look and all this kind of stuff happens as you're sort of doing it. So those early episodes are always hilarious when you watch because someone comes in fairly kind of generic and then you'll see them evolve over like six months to find their character. And when I started, um, uh, I kind of went in with like a thicker beard, like a, a much more kind of like, you know, I ended up having sort of like stubble, like three-day growth, but it was like a proper beard. And my hair was very long and so swept back. It had kind of like a vintage Darren Hinch kind of look, <laughs> like that long bouffant swept back hair and a big beard. But I remember um, getting to the change rooms and seeing my wardrobe and it was like these khaki pants and this baggy terracotta long sleeve like corduroy shirt like but really 80s baggy just like not form fitting that's it when i clothes that look best on me and stuff that's just a bit more tailored a bit more defined if it's really baggy i just look everything about me is kind of square so if you give me a big baggy shirt i just look like a giant oblong and so uh i was like oh i don't know about this and i put it on and when i put it on it looked even worse than i could possibly imagined and the best way I can describe it to you is when I put it on, so you can imagine these like khaki slacks, which were quite sort of fitted. And then this baggy terracotta colored corduroy shirt that was really boxy. I looked like Don Burke with my beard and my hair. <laughs> this terracotta, the color scheme just reeked of Don Burke. And I remember being like, oh no. And, and I didn't want to be that guy, but I sort of went to wardrobe and sort of said, hey, look, you know, I see what you've laid out for me. I'm just wondering, yeah. could we just swap Is like it, either the just, Could I look less like a sex offender? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just feeling like at the moment my look is very oh. sex offender. I'm not even like, I'm not even implying that. It's just the look. It's just that late 80s, early 90s, shirt tucked into your jeans, dad look. But yeah. with the beard and the hair, it was very Don Burke. And but again, earthy- by, that, by, by the timing of when you were at home and away, it was already like... Uh, uncool to look like Don Burke. Yeah, like, it was never cool to look like Don Burke. In the same way as they just like, hey, hang on, this movie producer I'm playing looks exactly like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> on the nose, isn't it? So I went to the, the wardrobe um, and just said like, hey, uh, it's, could I just swap out the shirt or swap the pants or just, you know? Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't have any, any spares. Like, this is the outfit. We only have doubles of this. And so... Then I went to the director and I was like, oh, look, I hate doing this. But I said, I just, I, f- I feel really uncomfortable in this. I just think I look like Don Burke. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I'm wondering, can I just, can, can we just find a singlet or a, or a reason for me being a t-shirt or just something that's just not so Don Burke-ish? And he just deferred, no, no, look, that's not my decision. That's the wardrobe. And I was so grumpy, like on set. I remember I was just, I got to set and was just waiting for someone to comment on my... <laughs> my Don Burkiness. No one did. So I decided to bring it up myself. Like I started to very loudly <laughs> make jokes about how I look like Don Burke. And to the point where like the crew finally caught onto it and like, oh yeah, you do look like Don Burke. Like it has a very, the, the terracotta and the khaki pants. It's got kind of very earthy gardener kind of quality. You, you gaslit them. Yeah, I, you you, I actually went out there and gaslit the entire fucking crew because you were a prima donna on fucking home and away and weren't happy with your costume. I, look, it's the only time I've ever been a prima donna, but it, it's one of those things like, and this is going to sound so wanky actory, but if you're feeling self-conscious about how you look, it makes it really hard for you to just be yourself on camera oh, yeah, because the whole time you're thinking, is the crew laughing at me? Like, are yeah. people on TV going to be laughing at Well, they are now that you've pointed it out. (laughs) Well, if anyone can find... It was one of the very early episodes. If you can find a still frame from it, uh, take a grab of it, send it in to us, and we can decide next week if I actually, in fact, look like Don Burke. Well, uh, speaking of costumes on Home and Away, we have mentioned my three-episode arc of Home and Away previously. Three episodes. Three-episode arc? I thought it was a cameo. Yeah, three episodes, mate. It was a fucking arc. It was a cameo arc. That's what it was. Did you have lines? No. What I'm saying is it a cameo arc. It was all filmed in one go because, you know, they film often like, you know, scenes in the same set, like, you know, for a few different episodes. So basically I was in the background in the diner on three separate days, which meant, of course, I had to have three separate outfits. And because I was just going to be like in the background of these things, the <laughs> wardrobe department 
had a very good time. There is a kind of red and yellow is my memory, kind of, you know, McDonald's logo style, like board short, <laughs> long T-shirt operation I'm rocking in one of the scenes where like I'm like a British tourist who's seen a beach for the very first time and gone to the local <laughs> surf shop and just bought like it was funny. Chris Hemsworth. I wasn't there the day he came to visit, but um, he swung by just to catch up with some old friends like crew and stuff that he was still mates with. And uh, they chucked him in the background of one of the diner scenes, which I thought was really cool. So I can't remember what episode it was, but if you were an eagle-eyed viewer, you would just see this enormous dude in a singlet and like a quicksilver baseball cap in the back of the cafe, just like reading the paper. It's like, what a cool dude. Comes back, doesn't forget his roots. Do you think that... Chris Hemsworth strikes me as one of those guys who quite likes, you know, that idea of like, you know, you see him interrupt interviews, like, you know, they're like doing some like live cross on the weather from down at the beach and he comes in the background and like takes really? it over. Yeah, he did that recently. And All right. everybody loves it, right? Because he's now at the level of superstardom that he knows that him just intruding on any situation will make that situation better. Like <laughs> for a whole bunch of other people, if you like, if you were like, "Hey, there's somebody doing their job doing the weather," and you were like, "I'm gonna yeah. like," if I tried to do that, it's me. Yeah. Hashtag tofu. <laughs> Speaking of which, we spoke last week about uh, celebrity and misuse of celebrity and and the, yeah. and the misguided attempts to kind of uh, uh, make people feel better by, uh, you know, recording a video in your palatial mansion to say, hey, we're all in this pandemic together. Turns out you and I were very nearly uh, approached about being in one such video. Um, did you see Bernard Curry's uh, Here Comes the Sun video that he did for uh, Melbourne reopening? So I'm not across this as much as I would like to be because we had a uh, full-on week. There was a massive storm, as you know, up where we yes. live and it actually did a huge amount of damage like to a house and stuff. So we've been in – like I haven't been watching much news, but I shared it on my Facebook page. So I had a little look at about maybe the first like 30 seconds to make sure that Bernie hadn't sent me something. It was like, yeah, he's been reading a lot of QAnon theories while he's yeah, been yeah. in lockdown <laughs> and he's written a song about it. But like I saw – Sam Neill was like the first person I saw and I was yeah. just like, ah, if Sam Neill thinks Aye, it's okay, be... then I think it's okay. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's what the level Sam Neill's at now where I'm like, if Sam, Sam Neill would, would have done the research. And so I shared it and I've seen that it's been going absolutely Reasonable. crazy. You know, yeah, and it's it seems to and be it's... really well received. So it's great. But, so, but I so don't what but I don't what know it is. It, so tell me. It's so Bernie so Bernie and Steve and Andrew Curry, the Curry brothers, uh, pulled in a couple of mates, Knackers, who has uh, helped us out on this podcast before, and um, Brett Tucker, mate of ours, who's in LA. Um, so they all collaborated and they basically did a re-recording of Here Comes the Sun, but changed the lyrics so it's all about Melbourne reopening, and it's dotted with all these celebrity messages saying, Good on you, Melbourne, you know, well done. And some are singing, some are, you know, just giving the messages. So it's great and it's done really well. It's gone all around. So I was sending some messages to the guys because they're friends of ours saying, hey, well done, really great video. And I was like, you know, surprised you didn't reach out. And Bernie was like, what are you talking about? I did reach out. I reached out to you and I reached out to Will and I reached out to Cam and a bunch of other kind of like performers who are friends of ours, but you didn't get back. So I just assumed you thought it was daggy and embarrassing. <laughs> it's like... Well, that's funny that you should say that because literally a week ago on the show, we were talking about, oh, why do celebrities do that? But it got me wondering, like, if we'd done that episode of the show and then that request had come in, what would my attitude have been? Now, having seen it as a finished product, I'm like, oh, it's great. Like, I know what this is. Yeah, I would have been happy to record a message or whatever they wanted me to do, to, you know, to help it. Because I think it's a really sweet and, and, and nice little uplifting bit of video content. But... If it had just been the request, hey, we're doing this video, can you record a little message? I wonder if I would have been like willing to do it or would I be like, ah, oh, I don't want to be that Gal Gadot of Australia. Uh, so I have a convenient out on this, but I'll give you some background. So um, I actually got a message from Knackers and I think Bernie must have messaged me on Facebook because I don't really check my Facebook much anymore, but... Um, I got a phone message from Knackers a couple of days ago, basically saying, hey, I've, I've been working on this thing. 
could you and I was in the middle of some other stuff so I was just like I'll get back to him in a couple of days and then within that message coming through and the thing came out so I was just like oh okay and I just haven't bothered getting back yet just because I've, I've been busy with other shit so um I am not allowed to do – I have a blanket policy of not doing anything. Like it, 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 right. it, there was a thing – they're trying to destroy all this koala habitat in Australia at the moment and it's fucking outrageous and there's a petition to try to stop it and I highly you know, endorse it. But I was asked to do a video about it and because of Gruen and because we talk about those sort of marketing – and I just have found it easier over the years to have a blanket policy that I don't do anything. But I was thinking about the exact same thing you were thinking about, which was yeah. – these dudes are my mates. Would I have tried to, A, would I have just used that excuse because it's like it's, like it's a legitimate excuse. I, I would have been able to just say I can't do it. Or would that be me just hiding behind that excuse because I would have been worried that it was going to be daggy and we've been talking about how daggy it could be. Maybe I would. Yeah, I don't know. Like I genuinely don't know what decision I would have made. I would like to think that I would be generous enough of spirit and heart and friendship to just say yes but i'm not sure that i would have i think that i probably would have tried to find an excuse and say no i can't find and, and i any... feel bad to and i feel really bad about that in so retrospect because you... it's great but so you, so you were contacted cam knight was also contacted he found his message in his junk mail so he never got it either <clears throat> but i can't find any evidence that i was ever asked to be involved like I've looked through my junk mail, I've checked my messages, I've checked my Facebook messages and I can't find any evidence, which makes me think maybe he was just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> maybe he didn't ask me to be in it. No, I think... Oh, okay. So, so... Do you think it's a group message? Um, okay, I'll edit this on the run if I need to edit this on the run. Uh, hey, okay. mate, Knackers here. Hope you've been well and enjoying Byron. Sounds like the rest of the Sydney gang are following in your footsteps. You may have seen an email from Burns. No, I didn't. But uh, okay. a, about a video we're making. Would love a video message from you if you had the inclination. And then there's a link to the video, which I haven't had a look at, unfortunately. Now, so that's the message, you know, and that was right. sent on Monday. That was sent on Monday. Yeah. So I guess a week ago. So yeah, and it came out like, you know, mid last week or something. So it was pretty close to when it came out and I was just in Gruen land and didn't get back to him anyway. So this next bit is really funny and I, I, I think we probably, it's okay. But anyway, I, I won't give all the details. But basically he reveals that someone he works with had a bit of an obsession with me when they were a teenager and her mum found this shrine called Future Husband Oh. on her wall and he sent me the photos of it that she's obviously given to him and it is yeah it's like <laughs> i don't have that many recollections of things that i've done that were on this wall like this is <laughs> it is a shrine so i just uh, so i'm just checking my messages so when i was texting with knackers i was like oh like oh, they, uh, you know so I did the whole thing about like why didn't you ask me and he's like we we tried but you didn't get back i said really i would have loved uh, I love that. So Naka said, Burns must have had your old email. We should have just picked up the phone. We sent a one-minute version out on Sunday to a lot of people to get involved, but then made the wrong assumption that no response meant people thought it was too daggy, <laughs> which I think <laughs> well, yeah, I is mean, what is – that's because I didn't – I never got anything. Like, not I, completely I at least incorrect, like, assumption. Yeah. I think if I'm – again – I, I don't know. It's a hypothetical situation, clearly, and I'm glad that it's gone really well. And I'm I'm glad that they were not cynical enough that they didn't do it. Like they made something really yeah. fun and great because they decided, fuck it, maybe it is a bit daggy, but we're going to do it anyway. And I really admire that. And I wish that I could say that I would have immediately said yes, but I'm not sure that I would have. So what if, um, if if they had gave, given plus, you a choice? Plus, literally, I moved out of Melbourne the day the fucking lockdown started and everybody's been locked down for six for eight months while i've been living a relatively normal fucking life anyway here's my cheery message melvin you should have got out when i got out love you yeah uh, probably would have been podcast, deaf. maybe podcast mate you can put a link to that video uh in the episode description hey will let's get to some mail 
Okay. And if anyone out there would like to contact us, the best way to do that is to go to tofop.com. There's a little uh, message window down the very bottom. You can message any of our podcasts there. There's a little drop-down window. You select the podcast you want to get in touch with and you send us a message. Um, heaps of great podcasts at tofop.com. There's Willosophy. That's Will's highbrow, celebrity-packed chat show. Who's on this week, Will? Titus O'Reilly, uh, who some people oh, might know if Titus. you follow the AFL or sports. He's a sports satirist or comedian or I don't know. We get to the bottom of what Titus is. What I love about him is he reminds me a little bit of this po- podcast in that he just created something that it, it's its own thing. It doesn't yeah. need to fit into, you know, the niche of it being one thing or another thing. He just created this world that there's a whole bunch of people who enjoy uh, what he does. And he's written a new book called Cheat about the history of cheating in sport. And we have a really fascinating conversation. I absolutely loved it. And of course, I still want to plug the Jimmy Barnes one from last week because people seem to be really digging that interview with Jimmy Barnes. We also have a grand final. If you're an AFL fan, we have a grand final wrap-up show that we did with the guys from Junk Tum AFL, Michael Chamberlain and Adam Rosenbachs. I'd love to ask him, actually. I'll get him on Fofop. By the way, Fofop with Dave Anthony pre-election special. So we're going to record it um, tomorrow morning. So it'll be Tuesday Australian time. It'll be uh, the day before the election there. So we'll uh, have some fun before whatever fucking happens in the election and you should also listen to the fofop that's currently out with uh, uh, uh cameron james and alexi how do i say his last Toliopolis. and i say that uh probably with no regret because there's a large discussion about my surname i i listened to that discussion about the origins of my surname in which they speculated that i'm some kind of like <laughs> descendant of a nazi war criminal <laughs> i mean it got there pretty quickly didn't it <laughs> real quick <laughs> but it's a very fun episode and they have a great new podcast out called Finding Desperado so if you haven't heard their original podcast Finding Drago I suggest you go back and listen to that and then get straight on to Finding Desperado because very f- talented guys very good podcast but Will the first bit of mail we have is from Daniel he says uh, good day Will and Charlie and not good day but literally the full good day good I hope day. you're both well and thank you, thank you right off the top for all the free content. I was wondering if you two could talk about cartoons for a bit. <sighs> no, I didn't mean that. I was just joking. I prefer Warner Brothers over Disney personally. We all watch The Simpsons. Rick and Morty are super popular, though I haven't seen it. SpongeBob is mainstream for who knows what reason, etc. Charlie, as a new father, are there any modern cartoons that you're excited to watch with your daughter? Or any old cartoons from your childhood that you're looking forward to showing her once she's old enough? Um, I'm not really up to date with children's TV. I know everyone's raving about Bluey. I've seen a couple episodes of Bluey. It seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not... I don't... I, the thing about, like, TV and, and my daughter is I'm just not sure when the right age is to start showing her TV. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm not going to show her anything that's kind of, like, violent or scary or anything like that. But, like, what can I show her? Like, is, is like, MasterChef... Like suitable for a child if like if I've got Master Chef on and you know she's in the room can she Junior watch that Master or do I Chef. yeah it's fine but what about ads like can she watch ads or is that bad I just don't know I've kind of kept her sheltered from TV I have not shown her any TV because the other thing is when the TV has been on like when I'm watching the football or whatever she's hypnotized like a hundred percent hypnotized and like oh I mean I know this is the world we live in and stuff but. Should I protect her innocence just like a little bit longer? I don't know. I don't know. I don't so. know. Like it's one of those things because I've I've seen her with a phone. She loves a phone. Oh my There's god, a phone she loves table. a phone. She was in my phone uh, <laughs> on the weekend. Texting and... knackers back. <laughs> yeah, she's in the video. Yeah. <laughs> hey Melbourne, just want to say shout out, uh, love from my owner. It's been a real tough year, probably as tough as my first year uh, coming out of my mother's vagina to uh, join you all. But uh, big love, I own her out. Her <laughs> first words. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I think that, of course you'd be conflicted by that because like there's part of you that's like, well, this is the world that she's going to be in. So maybe she just might as well get used to it and good at it as quickly as possible. Or there's the other part that's like, well, do you really want to let children be exposed to these like, you know, messages that are put together by, you know, psychologists and, you know, influencers and manipulators and have her brain formed at its formative years by these like, yeah, maybe you don't. Most of my friends who have young children, if you visit them and the kids are watching TV, there is a palpable sense of shame 
or they're apologetic that you're seeing them let their kid watch TV. Because often it's a babysitter. It's like, oh, I'm just letting them watch Bluey so I can get some work done or so I can finally like, you know, clean up the house or whatever it is. So there is this kind of tacit belief that, well, it's kind of like giving them an ice cream just to settle them down so they can get something else done. I think everyone understands it's probably not best for their developmental health because it's weird, man. Like I grew up watching TV. I don't think my parents even gave a shit if we watch TV, especially me, like the youngest of nine, mum's like, thank God, thank God he's leaving me alone. But I don't think it warped me in any strange sense. There's definitely rules around watching TV when I was growing up. Like I had to go to bed by a certain time. I didn't have a TV in my room or anything like that, but I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, so to answer your question. I mean, uh, we both they- watched a lot of TV and we both made our careers like working on TV. So it was fine. It worked out fine. I mean, who are we to tell people not to watch TV? We watch TV and then we made TV that people watch. We are fucking hooked into TV. Thank God for TV. I mean, I do like animation. I do. I like Rick and Morty. I really love the new Harlequin series. But I I couldn't say that there's anything I'm looking forward to going back and revisiting. There's films I'm looking forward to sitting down and showing Iona for the first time. But there's there's no cartoons immediately spring to mind. Not even like The Simpsons or anything like that. Um, okay, he continues. Are there any cartoon shows you like these days? I just answered that. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender is one of my favourite shows, as well as a lot of people's, and so is Carmen San Diego on Netflix. Uh, I'm not sure if you have it on Australian Netflix. We do here in Canada. There's a character who sounds exactly like a certain little Frenchman who guest appears on Two Guys One Cup every <laughs> once in a while. All oh, right. Say Canadian Daniel and you listen to Two Guys on Cup. I love it. He even has the tussled hair and the five o'clock shadow. So basically I get to watch a show with a cartoon Charlie as a bumbling detective. I love it. And then he's given me a link to the Carmen San Diego TV series. Uh, and I love you too, too. As human beings and as people who have taken the time and energy to give me thousands, uh, give me and thousands of others so much laughter and joy. Stay safe, Daniel. All right, Daniel. Thanks Thank for the, you, Daniel. Uh, email. Um, stay safe in Canada, especially uh, when everyone tries to flood over the border in the next three days. Yeah, yeah. by Thursday. Yeah. Uh, this is from Courtney. Uh, XFL and Vince McMahon. Hey, guys, I just watched a 30 for 30 doc on the XFL from the early 2000s. I had no idea Vince McMahon tried his hand at American Football League that incorporated elements of wrestling. It was super chaotic. Just wondering if you guys watched or knew about this, and I'm wondering if the AFL did before they tried to make their own AFLX a thing. Thanks for the pod. Makes me happy, Courtney. Uh, I did know about the XFL, which I believe The Rock has just revived. He's just bought the rights to it. He's bought a stake in it, a big company, right. but with The Rock as the face, I believe. But yes, so okay. Vince McMahon had two goes at it, I believe. So they had the original XFL and then they brought it back and they had the XFL and now The Rock's bought it, I believe. And I believe when Vince got involved, his idea was he just wanted to make it like all just the spectacular big hits and, you know, just like this, like combining wrestling and football. But I imagine in the era of concussion that that would not be what The Rock is trying to do. I mean, it's just that would be lawsuits waiting to happen. You'd imagine so. Like, I'd like to make it more <laughs> like the wrestling. I've always said this. I want to yeah. know what the plots and storylines are. So... I would be absolutely fine if they suddenly, you know, in the back rooms, like there was enemies on the other team and there was like rivalries going on and there was like story. Contract signings in the middle of the ground. I want to see a bit of that. That would bring me to the XFL. If The Rock wants to incorporate that, I'm fine with it. Colette writes in, uh, to Colin Fop, hey guys, was just recently listening to David Tennant's podcast mm-hmm. and in one app he chatted with Dame Judy Dench. She mentioned how back in the day, Billy Connolly, used to throw a yearly party that would last about three days with the likes of Robin Williams, Steve Martin, Eric Idle, and Eddie Izzard among its guests. What would you do if you were invited to such a party? I surely hope you both wouldn't sit in the corner chatting about football. (laughs) Would love to hear if Will has ever heard about these famous parties. Uh, Thanks for all the laughs, Cole. Oh, you know what? I I think that like maybe I've heard it referenced but i was not aware that of the scope of it like a three-day party with all those people is about as fun and like i'll tell you what i would do is i would bore everyone senseless i would not give a shit about being invited back next year my entire thing would be like this is my one go 
at being at this party and I know Robin Williams doesn't want to like talk to me anymore <laughs> but this is the only time I'm going to get to talk to Robin Williams so you know what I'm going to fucking talk to Robin Williams yeah in the light of having watched close to a dozen Monty Python documentaries I think I would corner Eric Idle <laughs> and just tell him about everything I just saw I mean I would recount the history of Monty Python as if he'd never heard it before <laughs> Which would be the first time ever anyone had done that to a member of Monty Python. Uh, Okay, this is from Jasmine. All lady listeners. I think this is great. I think we have a fairly split demographic world. We don't appeal to just dudes. We appeal to everyone. Well, I can't imagine we appeal to dudes. Like dudes like, you know, Joe Rogan and like dude shit. Like you know, seven mate commercials blowing shit up. That's what dudes like. You don't like, think there's any like macho dudes listen to our show? <laughs> if you're I mean, a macho mate, dude, yeah, like email in and tell us what your macho qualifications are. Do you hunt? Do you get into fights? Do you ride a motorbike? What's other macho shit? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to fix things? Are you work with your hands? Yeah. No, we've had a few tradies get in touch with this. I assume they're like, Macho? Yeah. Well, you can still be a non-macho tradie. Like, I think the definition of tradies, like, is more broad than just macho at the moment. But so I would like to know which end of the tradie market we have. Do we have the macho end of the tradie yeah. market or do we have the less macho end of the tradie market? Should we run a competition mm. that we can announce at the end of the year? Yeah. Tofop's butchers listing. <laughs> Were you... you Men or women. <laughs> Available men or to women. men or women, but we want to find yeah. our most macho. If you believe you are Tofop's <laughs> most macho listener, then we want you to contact us. Go to the Tofop website, tofop.com. Send us a message in the drop down and give it the headline, I am Tofop's most macho listener. And we want some evidence of your macho-ness. No, in the subject line, just make it shorter. It's either macho man or macho woman or macho in in defined. Whatever Whatever you are. Macho person. Yeah. (laughs) That can be the subject line. And then you've got to give us your qualifications. Why you think you are our most macho listener. Macho-fop. Work with your hands. We'll call it macho-fop, right? (laughs) That's it. So just put the headline macho-fop. Do you believe you can be crowned... Tofop's first ever annual Machofop. Uh, okay, this is from Jasmine. Wrestling and DDP yoga. Two Colin Fop. Hey guys, big fan of you guys. Thanks for the continuous entertainment throughout quarantine. I wanted to message you guys about wrestling. I've been a huge fan of wrestling since I was a child. I'm 24 now. And even the little snippets where you talk sometimes about it thrill me to no end because I've always been made to feel like a weirdo for liking wrestling. And I've rarely met people who even know it exists. So thank you. I'm currently listening to episode 294. <clears throat> I'm a bit backlog- backlogged. So by the time you get to this email, it's probably going to be episode 394 where Will is deciding whether or not to do DDP yoga. So for those who uh, uh, didn't hear the episode, um, Diamond Dallas Page is a former WCW and WWF wrestler, now turned yoga guru, who has a a, a, um, tailored yoga program that is, I think, targeted towards macho dudes like our listeners, (laughs) like some of our listeners will find out over the next few weeks, I imagine. and Will was saying like it had been recommended to him, but he looked at the app and I have also downloaded the app and you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, this feels a bit like a bit too wrestling to be any good. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right? Yeah, no, that's why ex- I, I have the app. I right. am keen to at some stage give it a go, but I can't do it while I'm doing other things. I feel like it's one of those things where I can't let it affect my day-to-day life and I feel like it's, it's like doing ayahuasca or something. I feel like going into the world of Diamond Dallas Page in his yoga is going to be... Yeah. I, there is... Because... It's a bit... It my, looks... The, just from the design of the app, it's a bit Ed Hardy. <laughs> the, the app is a bit Ed Hardy. My fear, like, my fear is... My <laughs> ultimate fear is that it works really well. And I become like one of those like F45 disciples. Like I just can't mm. shut up about Diamond Dell's page and his fucking yoga program because what if we, I can see that? It feels a little cult-like. There's just something about yeah. it that's like I'm entering into a world that at the moment is not part of my world and I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. Well, Jasmine continues. Now, I probably don't have the same reaction to Diamond Dell's page, not really growing up watching him or anything, but I have brought I have bought his yoga 
and it definitely works. I don't have osteoarthritis, but I do have fibromyalgia, uh, mal- malgia, fibromyal- fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia. I know, sorry, that's, I'm doing my yep. best. Fibromyalgia. Uh, say, is that right? To save you the Wikipedia search, uh, even though you'd probably love it, it's essentially an extreme sensitivity to pain. And I have to use a walking. St- I had to use a walking stick for a while just to walk around the house because my knees, my hips were fucked. Anyway, I bought it, thinking if nothing else, at least I've supported someone in their career after wrestling. And I saw a massive improvement, particularly with my mobility. I've been able to walk completely fine for the past four years, and occasionally I dive back into it. But for me, it wasn't something that I had to keep doing every day. Just thought maybe you'd like a second opinion on it. Well, your worst nightmare has come true. It works. Well, that's the sort of disciple that I imagine I would become. Somebody yeah. who couldn't shut up about how it, it, it... And you know what? There is one part of that that actually makes me think the, the capacity that you can walk away from it. Yes. So you don't need to keep doing it. That does reassure me a bit. Maybe it's something I could just do in secret. Like, I don't think I, don't think I could tell Amy... I think I could tell her that I was doing yoga. Like I'm going down to my office or whatever to do yoga, but I don't think that I could tell her that the yoga program I was doing was designed by ex-professional wrestler Diamond Dallas Page. Well, here's the thing. This is not... uh, I don't do Diamond Dallas Page yoga, Diamond Yoga, whatever it's called. But I, um, since, uh, since COVID, I've stopped going to the gym. And so I've been downloading apps and there is a guy <clears throat> uh, who does like this calisthenics program and that's just a body weight stuff. So it means you can go to any park and you just do your work out there. So that's what I've been doing. This dude, I follow him on Instagram and I cannot stand him. <laughs> like I hate him. <laughs> like I hate him. I hate his whole marketing angle. I hate his false modesty. I hate the fact that he never wears a shirt. I hate everything about him. But the program's really good. Like, it's been really good for me. Like, I'm so much more flexible and mobile. I've been managed to keep the weight off and everything like that. But I just, I'm so embarrassed to tell people about it because I just don't want them Googling or going on Instagram and, and seeing this dude because he's such a douchebag. <laughs> and I won't even mention his name because I don't want to give him any more business. He's got my money. In fact, I've bought two of his programs because they're that good. I love that. But he's that, a though. total douchebag. Because I totally, I think there are many things that would be beneficial to me that I've gone arse end the wrong way around. Like I've looked at the Instagram first and I'm like, you cannot sell me anything, mate. I, I have no trust in what you're flogging because you seem like a fucking dickhead. <laughs> anyway, thanks again for everything. A few years ago at one of the live shows, I was the one who got the photo of Dixie in the envelope when Charlie fucked up the badges, I think. And it was a few days after my 21st birthday, which made it probably the best birthday I've ever had. You guys have got me through so much of my life, and I sincerely appreciate you both. I hope both of you and your families stay safe. Love, Jasmine. Oh, we love you, Jasmine. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you. That's a very nice email. We got time for one more, Will? Yeah, one more. All right, let's do it. This is from Brooke with a question. G'day, Will and Charlie. I have a question relating to a recent discussion you had on episode 314, ranking the cast of Friends and other sitcoms. It made me wonder if either of you had any celebrity hall passes because I know my partner knows who my top five are and I wondered if you guys had some as well. For your information, Will, you are in my top five and you have been (laughs) since you're on the glass house alongside Samuel Johnson. Yeah. And Pete Davidson. So she likes funny, goofy guys. I'm okay with that. Train wrecks. You're a funny, goofy guy. Uh, sorry, Charlie, you didn't make the cut. Love you guys. I uh, hope to see you both, uh, both alive again soon. Not alive, both live again soon. Well, hopefully both. Yeah, both hopefully both. Um, okay. Uh, love, Brooke. I don't know if I've updated my, like, the idea of a celebrity hall pass who who would i don't know i don't there's no one who immediately comes to mind where i just think oh yeah that would be the person i don't i think once upon a time Gemma and i had the hall pass discussion but we've been together so long now like i think when you're in your 20s it's a fun discussion to have because maybe you know like oh yeah you know if you ran into blah 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 no one's having sex with me now. Like, it's not happening. Like, it's not. It would be more of a horrible, depressing, like, conversation, like a midlife crisis conversation. Of, oh, this is who I have sex with if I, if I could yeah. have the opportunity. Like, yeah, if, if Andrew, Lena, Jolie or whatever had to go back yeah. to a relationship and they were just like, this guy? Yeah. The pictogram guy. Yeah. 
so no, like I, 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 and I don't think I could even pick a top five. Like, I, you know what happens is I'll see a photo of someone and be like, oh my god, like she's hot or she's still beautiful, but then I'll forget about it. I don't, I don't lock them away in some imaginary, you know, hall pass scenario. Did you look over your shoulder as you were? Yeah, I looked over my shoulder not to see if Jen was behind me because I thought I'm staying at a friend's place. I thought I heard him pulling up in his driveway, but he's not. He's not there. Uh, anyway, we should uh, wrap, wrap it up. This up. If you want to support the show, please go to Tofop. Uh, sorry, go to patreon.com slash Tofop. And uh, you're not only supporting the show, but you're getting access to a heap of bonus um, content. We've got a podcast up there. We need to do another bonus Q&A podcast we'll, uh, next time yep. we get together. Um, but there's... 10 uh, bonus episodes up there already. There's also a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes videos. There's full episodes of shows that we've done. There's comic strips. In fact, James and I, James Fosdyke and I, have finally settled on the script for Quantum Cop Episode 5. It's been a six-month process. I I mean, this yeah. it better be worth it. Like, we've gone back and forth. But he um, finally sent me his notes on my draft uh, on Sunday. And because um, I checked it on my phone, so I couldn't see who's, who's, uh, who'd written what bit. And it's been so long I'd forgotten and I thought it was good and there was no ego involved because I couldn't remember what I'd written and what he'd written, but it made me laugh. And so he sent me the first uh, frame of it today that he'd drawn and it looks pretty damn funny. So Quantum Cop, if you want to get access to every back issue of that, that's at Patreon. So you can sign up for every any amount and that really um, that's how we keep the show on at the moment. We have some sponsors, but mainly Patreon is how we pay for all this jazz. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, nice to see Nothing else to plug. No, We've got no. We've done all the shows. That's it. Okay. No, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm the guy with the worst haircut in the world. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>